Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas from the White Sports Radio Network. I am in Las Vegas. My friends Brandon Deutsch and Armani Barkers, they are in Los Angeles. How are we doing, gentlemen? The question is, how are you, Brandon? Happy belated birthday yesterday. Oh, I appreciate right. it. I appreciate it. It was a good birthday, though the Niners continue to choke two days before my birthday every oh. year. But hope maybe next year will be different. Lance to the Super Bowl, baby. That is what you did predict, Arash. Did you see that prediction by, by Brandon? Not shocked. Listen, listen, <laughs> I mean, uh, by the way, they do have the best team. They just don't have a quarterback. And now we're finding out today... Um, not sure if it's confirmed, but uh, there was a report out there that he may have Tommy John surgery. Brandon, you're very familiar with that kind of surgery in terms of what it means for a pitcher. I mean, if that's the case, Trey Lance is your guy, right? Yeah, he's the only quarterback on the roster for next year, as of right now. Now, of course, they could re-sign Jimmy. I don't think they will. They don't have the money. They need to extend Nick Bosa. So I do think the quarterback room next year is hope Trey Lance gets healthy and then Josh Johnson as a backup, something oh like that. <laughs> oh my you know, so, I mean, look, luck hasn't been in the Niners' favor at the quarterback position last year. Um, I think there's a time for a, a change in the tides, right? They'll be a little luckier. I think Trey Lance stays healthy and really has a good year next year. He needs experience. I think he has the most upside of any of those quarterbacks. I've always said that. As much as I love Purdy, um, you know, I do think his upside is relatively limited compared to Lance. I think Lance has all the tools to be a Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type quarterback. Will he? Now, I don't know. I mean, that that's the, at the end of the day, we have to see. Niners might lose a couple games to start next year, but I think he has the highest upside, so I think you got to roll with him. It's too early to give up on him. I mean, you gave up three first-round picks for him, right? What, what yeah, you, I mean, listen, I mean, there, there, there's going to be, I mean, if you can get a quarterback that you believe is your franchise guy. Now, let me ask you both this. I mean, I mean, I think there was a lot of excitement around Trey Lance. I mean, Brandon, you in particular, do you still feel that way? Again, he's not done anything to prove us wrong or say that he's not that guy. We, we just haven't seen it, though. Yeah, I mean, he did lose to the Bears. Again, that was that was the first start of the year. The team wasn't what it is now. Um, but, I mean, I think he... I, I just think Kyle needs to get away from those design QB runs for him because that's how he got hurt last time. Let him be a pocket passer. Let him scramble if need be and get to the corner, similar to what Mahomes does. I mean, Lance has the arm. I don't know. It's going to be a challenge for Kyle Shanahan, but so is this year, right? I think they're very close. I think they're the best team in football. But they lack that Super Bowl ring. They've been they've been one of the best teams in football for years now, and it's like, okay, well, just get to the big game and win it, right? Because at the end of the day, the teams that have been beating them have better quarterbacks. Stafford last year. I mean, this year, Jalen Hurts. 
when they were in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, right? Better quarterbacks. So I think you got to roll with the upside, take the gamble, because winning Super Bowls is all about risk. The Eagles took a risk and trusted Jalen Hurts. You know, when Philadelphia fans at the time hated that, they didn't like Jalen Hurts. They trusted him, he turned into a star, more experience. I think similar things could be said about Trey Lance. I know he hasn't played a lot of games, he lacks experience, but that's why you play him more. He could turn into a, a diamond in the rough. You never know. You so know. what about Jimmy G with the with Purdy being out for potentially the season? It, I, it really depends on what he would sign for, right? I mean, if he signs for like $15 million, $10, 15000000 million, I think you roll with him. You, cut, you bring him back, and if he's the starter, I don't hate it because you have a Super Bowl-ready roster. I just think you really, again, take another year of delaying the Trey Lance era, right, and what he can do or Brock Purdy era. But Jimmy puts you in a position to win, and they're probably the Super Bowl favorites if Jimmy Garoppolo is that quarterback. Is there any potential for any other veteran quarterbacks that could come in and push Lance a little bit? Look, I would love Aaron Rodgers, but that's unlikely. They need to extend Nick Bosa. They have cap room, so I mean, they could go and get Aaron Rodgers, but it's one of those things where I think they're going to prioritize the guys they have because they're so close. They've been so close keeping this unit together. And look, if Aaron comes in and wants to play for the 49ers, they're obviously the favorite by a mile. But I think maybe if Jimmy leaves, you bring in, I don't know, anybody with some experience. I really can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of a veteran quarter, maybe Jacoby Brissett as a backup. I don't know, but he'll probably want money. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I think the priority is improving the defensive line. I mean, Javon Kinlaw, they put, they wasted a first round pick on. He's been abysmal, hasn't even recorded a sack in his career. Um, you know, no offense to him. I'm sure he's a great human being, but he, you know, you got to move on from guys like that who haven't shown it. He's been injury prone too. And, you know, Drake Jackson, the rookie out of USC, he had an up and down year. So I think losing to Forrest Buckner a couple of years ago, they really haven't recovered. As good as Nick Bosa is, he hides that defensive line a little bit. Um, and I know Drake uh, Greenlaw and Fred Warner have been good. They have some stuff to work on. Um, but obviously, the quarterback position is number one. But I think Trey Lance is the guy going into next year. I really do. Arash, do you think uh, do you think that's it for Tom Brady? I, I do. Listen, I mean, like I think everyone, and it's, they're totally right to do this. I mean, he retired a year ago. And uh, he only retired for, what is it, 40 days or something like that? It was like slightly over one month. Um, I, I, I think what is not talked about enough is that he wasn't totally done. He wanted to uh, continue playing. Um, and obviously he went through a lot of stuff in his personal life. And uh, he got a divorce and, and whatnot. So I really do think he's done. Um, I really, listen, when he was talking about this a week ago, uh, the, the San Francisco scenario made no sense to me because Brock Purdy had performed well. Uh, they had Trey Lance coming back. Now with Purdy being out effectively maybe for this season, Trey Lance, kind of a question mark. Uh, it, here's the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're Jimmy G, you just have to go somewhere where a team wants you for the future, where they want you for more than one year. So I, I got to believe whether that's in Las Vegas. I'm hearing now reports in Vegas where, you know, Josh McDaniels wants to team up again with Garoppolo. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo in Las Vegas would be uh, incredible. Um, so I do think Tom Brady would have made sense for one last year in San Francisco. Here's why, Brandon, I think if you're the 49ers, 
I would be very, um, normally I'm not trading a first round pick and more for a guy who's at the end of his career. I really do believe this team is a great quarterback away from being a Super Bowl champion. I mean, the fact that they were where they were this year really tells you, man, if they had if they had a decent quarterback, and I don't want to say Brock Purdy's not that, if they had Darren Rodgers at quarterback, this team is playing for the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. I really, I mean, we've been saying that for years. The whole roster is built around, you know, it needs to, a Super Bowl, they're, a Super Bowl away is the quarterback away, right? They're going to win a Super Bowl if they get a good quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, if Rodgers is unhappy, if he's from Northern California, that's something to obviously inquire about. But I wanted to talk about the Lakers, Arash, move this, yeah. move this going. And I know you have some thoughts. Um, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron said the players won that game yesterday. You know, it wasn't decided, decided by the refs. And they have a good point. Again, I've never seen a game so in a regular season just absolutely decided by the refs to that magnitude, um, especially the way the Lakers really played well and were the better team than the Celtics that night. Yesterday, I took them to OT. It was the same old Lakers blowing leads in the first quarter and in the fourth quarter. But they came together. LeBron and Davis played very well. And Rui Hachimura, who we, all of us said was a, this was a great addition, really looked like a fantastic player yesterday. Third best player in the court, arguably, with Russell Westbrook yesterday. Um, what are your thoughts there, Arash? And, and are you excited about this team moving into a game against the Pacers on Thursday? I am a guy that I've, I've said this from the beginning of this year and really goes back to a year ago where I'm not going to a game and until this team is at 500. Again, I, I didn't go to the games at the end of last season. I went to the first game this season because they were 0-0. Zero and, zero. And, and listen, they, they, they don't want me to go to games. They, they still can't get to 500. I do believe this team has maybe turned a corner here. I do like the way that they played last night. Um, this LeBron James story is really incredible. I mean, you know, so on, on, on one hand, he's now... Under 100 points from passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time points list. Uh, that, that'll probably happen sometime next week here in Los Angeles. What he's doing as a passer as well, last night, passing Mark Jackson, passing Steve Nash on the uh, assist list. He's now number four. Uh, really, listen, and I know we've had this debate for quite some time in terms of him being one and one A, Jordan and LeBron. I, mean, I just think what he's doing right now, we've never seen something like that. And because of that, Brandon, to your point, because LeBron is playing like this right now, and because the Lakers are healthy and getting healthier, this is a contending team. And when I say that, what I'm saying is, this is not a team that you want to see come playoff time. Like, I know what they are during the course of the season. I get that. But I think when it's when it's zero and zero come postseason, if this team is healthy, if this team is finally gelled, if everyone knows their role, Listen, this is not a team you want to play. So I do like the Lakers. I, I, I'm going to till till they're done, till they're eliminated. I think I'm going to be like optimistic about this team because they have a window here. Yeah, Armand, go ahead. Um, so my biggest observations from yesterday's game was the same problems the Lakers have had all season. Jalen Brunson shot 13 of 29, but that was, he missed shots that he normally makes. He had a great game, and the thing about Brunson is, anybody that they put on him 
he can get right to his spot and shoot exactly the shot that he wants to shoot. The biggest issue with the Lakers, and yes, Pat Bev wasn't playing last night. They need guys that make guards uncomfortable. Don't let the guy, you know he wants to get, for example, to the right elbow and pull up. And no matter what the Lakers defense does, they can't stop him from doing that. The other biggest takeaway that I had from yesterday's game it's we know the playoffs is all about styles of matchups and how teams match up against other teams. LeBron, for his standards yesterday, struggled a little bit because the Knicks have bulk. Julius Randle was guarding him and LeBron can't just outmuscle Randle that easily. And then you have Jericho Sims waiting at the rim. You have Isaiah Hartenstein waiting at the rim. It was a tougher kind of style of fight for the Lakers and the Nuggets, who they could meet in round one, have the similar bulk. Yeah, and let me add something by that. Um, I, I just think when Anthony Davis was in yesterday, you saw how dominant the interior defense was. And when he yes. left the game, the Knicks Balls would up. go on like 14-0 runs. I mean, I think having a guy, like generational defensive talent um, like that in the game helps. I think Rui did a great job on defense. He did. He, he really did. did. I mean, if you watch the game, I know he had a couple foul calls. He was really locking in. Talk about one of the best additions, and I'm ready to say this. I think this is one of the best additions the Lakers have made in the past five years. I really think so. I The guy, look, he's not going to win you a championship, right? But he he's a really good player with room for upside in a rush. You mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Not only are they still in the Le- LeBron AD era, they're preparing for the future. And Ruiz seems to be, they really want to work out a contract extension. They think he's going to be a part of that. Now, let me read you like this. Read you this these next year's free agents, right? Because a lot of people are saying the Lakers are going to make one more move. The more we get to the deadline, I don't think they do make a move. Maybe it's Lonnie Walker and, and somebody else, but... I think they're reluctant to give up those picks. And if you look at the free agents here, Jeremy Grant, right, who hasn't accepted that contract extension for the Blazers, would be the prototypical perfect fit alongside LeBron James, right? A wing who can play a little defense, is a 40-plus percent three-point shooter, and can go get a bucket when you need him to. Similar to Chris Middleton, but not as good of a defender, right? That's Jeremy Grant, right? So he's a free agent, unrestricted. Russell Westbrook. No, we'll 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 refrain from talking about the Russell Russell Westbrook uh, uh, extension, which is never going to happen. Um, Kyrie Irving, who's been playing amazing basketball. There Go is ahead. A, there is an issue with this, Brandon. If they were to accept Rui Hachimura's cap hold, right, and he becomes yes. a restricted free agent, they don't have cap room anymore. Exactly. And so the problem is you're looking again at the, I don't want to sound rude here, but the bargain bin, and you have the taxpayer mid-level exception and the and the biannual exception. This is true. Which is problematic. This, cause, but if they do agree to a contract extension instead before that, right, if they don't accept the cap hold, can't they, they, they will still have I cap still room? Think they, I they still, still think it's the room? same, it's the same really? issue. Let me look at this. So no matter what, once they agree to a new deal with Rui, Arash, you're basically looking at Russell Westbrook coming back. <laughs> no, no, no. No, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. <laughs> Listen, I like Rui Hachimura. I'm not I'm not saying that this is our future. So like like, you know, I I, I think that they like him. I think that they will, you know, get creative in terms of what they, they, they can do. But when I when I look at the future of this franchise, I'm not saying, you know, it is Rui 
or bust. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, the thing that I like about him is that he was a top 10 pick just a couple of years ago, 24 years old. I like his size. I like what he can do. So it's, it's one of those things where you don't have to give up a ton. Again, Kendrick Nunn, you weren't thrilled with him, didn't even play a game a year ago, was hurt. Uh, you don't give up a first-round pick. You give up a couple of the second-round picks. So, yeah, this is not your future. Like, you don't go into next year with no cap room because of Rui Hashimura. No, absolutely. So you let him walk, obviously, if if, if that I mean, if you have the, to. If I you mean, have to. Thing, you, yeah, I mean, and listen, guys, we all know that these conversations are had before you get to that point in time. So the Lakers will have a pretty good idea of who they can get, who wants to come here, who, who and, and listen, if Rui Hachimura, if they, if they are committed to him, that means that they've had conversations with Tyrese people and some other people, and it's like, hey, listen, this isn't our plan A, but this is as good as we can do right now. No, but you guys are missing the point. They don't have cap room. So the only thing that they can really do is absorb contracts before the trade deadline or via trade to get uh, that salary, and then you can go over the tax. But right now, they can't do anything because Rui's cap hold is going to take up all of their cap space pretty much. Uh, I, but like, I need you guys to explain this for me and the people out there. Okay, so yes. going into next season, uh, Russell Westbrook is off the book. If you don't have that cap hold on Rui Hachimura. So basically, if you're saying, okay, we have LeBron, we have KD, what is the cap room? Like, what, 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 what can they do? Around $33 million, But the thing is, once Rui, if you want to make him a restricted free agent, which they do because then they can match any offer, that takes up 18 of that. So then all that they can really do yeah. is have a taxpayer mid-level exception, which is what they used to sign Lonnie Walker. That's around 6 to $7 million. And then they have the biannual, which will be like three to four million. Those are two separate contracts. So they just don't just solution. Do not re-sign Rui Hachimura. <laughs> but if you don't, then you have another hole to fill. So it's like I don't know. the The right move is if you can get a young guy at the trade deadline, just like Rui, and then you can have both of them under contract going forward, and then you still have the taxpayer mid-level, you still have the options, you always have the options to re-sign your own players and go over the cap space that way, uh, which is why I said Westbrook, but I know that, you know, Laker the guy, fans are, The guy I want is Gary Trent Jr., but we're not going to get him. It's possible, though. I mean, this is an, an elite, one of the more underrated players in the league, 1.7 yeah. steals per game, elite perimeter defender, and can get a bucket whenever you need him. And you mentioned that, and Rob Palinka did mention they want guys that they are young and can fit in this core and in the future, and Trent Jr. is 23 years old. He fits that exact mold. You'll have to pay him in the offseason, but hey, that is the type of guy that the Lakers are probably looking at. And Arash, I think that that's, Brandon is absolutely right. That's the guy, yeah, you overpay a little bit for because him. Because I think that's a guy that turns into your stopper and can win you a championship absolutely. with LeBron and AD, right? Absolutely. In my opinion. That's yeah. that's what I would give the picks up for, or a pick in Max Christie, whatever you need to do. Yeah. And by the way, well, that's... Well, Max Christie. That's, Max Christie, that's, that's my guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to ask you, Arash. What, what, what happens... You part ways with him if you can get a guy like Gary Trent. Of course. Of course. Who do you prioritize here between the two young guys, Austin Reeves or Max Christie? Max Christie, and I hate to say this because I like Reeves. I just think the upside for Christie is so high. I think this is effectively the high water mark of Reeves. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a star. I mean, I think there's an outside chance. I mean, Christie could be a, like a legit 
great player in this league. I mean, I think what he does on both sides of the ball, I really like it. Um, here's what I'll say. I, 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 I wanted to poo-poo the idea of these second-round picks because you could buy them. They're not that big a deal. Give the Lakers scouting department some credit here. I mean, they have hit on a lot of late-round picks, guys that are not you know top-10 picks and in, in, in things like that. They have really become big contributors but also, you know, can be used as trade bait. You know, guys, like, if you want to, uh, you know, uh, trade for someone, the Lakers draft exceptionally well. That is true. And, look, Max is younger. He's already shown he can play defense. And like I said before the draft, Arash, I think I thought he was a first-rounder with his ability to score and play defense. He's very young. But if you are if you need to give up a pick and him and Alani Walker, because, I mean, for a guy like Gary Trent Jr., I think you pull the trigger. The most valuable asset in basketball right now, be able to defend multiple positions and hit the corner three. And yesterday he did both again. I mean, the kid has so much poise and moxie. To put on a Lakers jersey is nerve-wracking as is. To be 19 and to do that alongside LeBron, Westbrook, and Davis, I mean, this kid, his poise is something else. It really is. Absolutely. And also, yeah. but he did. He needs to work on that foul trouble. Three yeah. personal fouls in about like four minutes. But yeah, I mean, he's young and he's got it. He's, he's a hard worker. He's got it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the Lakers at this trade deadline. We'll see yeah. what happens. And I, I really hope that Rob Palenka sees what, what we do. There is a window here. There's a slight sliver in the window. I think this team is worth the investment. I think this team is worth trading those picks for. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be talking about Super Bowl week. We will be out there in Phoenix. We'll be talking about that when we come back right here on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 310- 400-0340, and as we know, everyone in that region, Southern California, Vegas, Hawaii, will be descending on Phoenix. This upcoming uh, week, next week, we'll be there on Radio Row. Well, listen, it's not just about the games, right? I mean, we, 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 we know who's playing in the games. It's almost impossible to get a ticket, but it's more about the parties, and no one throws these parties quite like my good friends. It's Joe and Adam from Medium Rare, and listen... One party is one thing, two is another. They have a list of parties that I want to talk about. Joe and Adam, how are you guys? 
Good. Thanks so much for having us on. We're Doing great, uh, counting down the minutes here to uh, the Super Bowl weekend. Listen, I mean, it is one thing to host and be a part of one party. Uh, the list of parties you have is incredible. I guess let's start with Shaq because Shaq's our guy here in Los Angeles. We still love him here. Shaq's Funhouse. What an incredible experience that was a year ago in Los Angeles. Um, well, let's start there. I mean, Shaq's Funhouse has really turned into one of the go-to parties of that week. Yeah, absolutely. We're, you know, we're really proud of what this, uh, this event has become, you know, five years ago when we sat down with Shaquille to create it. Um, Shaquille looked at us. He said, I've been going to the Super Bowl for like 30 years and it is become the most boring corporate weekend. It used to be so much fun. He goes, let's bring the fun back to, uh, the Super Bowl. Um, and as we know, Shaq likes to call himself the CFO, the chief <laughs> fun officer. And we said, all right, well, what, what does that look like? And Shaq said, I, I want to do a carnival. I want to do a circus. I want, you know, still walkers. I want lions. I want tigers. I want, you know, a Ferris wheel. Um, and we said, all right, let us, let us see what we can come up with. And Shaq's fun house was born. And, um, you know, it's really incredible now coming in its fifth year at Super Bowl. Um, it's really become the event, one of the, one of the main events of the weekend and definitely the event of Friday night. Um, without a doubt, it's the most experiential. It's the most fun. It's the most unique. Um, I'm so excited to be bringing it back uh, to Phoenix this year. And again, it's not just Shaq. I mean, you know, Shaq's the headliner. It, it's his party. But, you know, Snoop Dogg's there. D Diplo was there. Um, I mean, I mean, how much does that help that Shaq is involved? I mean, all the relationships and the connections that he has. Well, I mean, I think that's really the beauty of this event, right? Shaq's not just getting paid an appearance to be here. He's extremely passionate about building his festival brand now in year five. This year is the hottest selling year yet. We're almost sold out of tickets and tables, and we're going to have about 5,000 people uh, just outside of Talking Stick Resort in Scottsdale. But I think what makes this event unique compared to everything else at Super Bowl is, like Adam was saying, the reason he started this is because, you know, the Super Bowl you know, event scene was kind of stale and boring. A lot of, like Shaq likes to say, a lot of old dudes in, in suit jackets watching a concert. And this event is bringing the fun back to Super Bowl with the full carnival, great performers. You get to, you know, experience what a Shaq event, you know, means in, in, in a live experience. And then, of course, having legendary names like Snoop Dogg and Diplo really round out the show and, and make it incredibly fun for everybody in attendance. By the way, you you, you guys make it uh, so convenient. I, I think when, when people go to the Super Bowl, they're not quite sure how to plan their uh, week weekend. So you guys do it for people. Again, Shaq's Funhouse taking place Friday night. Okay, so that may be your first night in Phoenix. The next morning, if it's not too crazy, Gronk's Beach, Saturday afternoon, 12 noon. Talk about Gronk's Beach again. This is another one, kind of like Shaq's Funhouse, really becoming a staple for that week. Yeah, so Gronk, Gronk Beach is really a unique one. It's, we're really fortunate. A few years ago, uh, Rob actually came to a Shaq's Funhouse and he said, hey, when I retire, um, you, you guys got to create one of these for me. Um, so we were honored to do that for the first time the year Rob retired from the Patriots um, in 2020 and launched it uh, the Saturday of Super Bowl weekend. Um, and what was so amazing about that event is even though Rob was retired, he was still the second most talked about player after Patrick Mahomes of the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, so somehow not playing in the game, Rob, Rob with Gronk Beach and all the other great stuff he had on Super Bowl weekend um, made him one of the most viral and talked about and buzzed about players of the whole weekend. Um, that event's really incredible from the standpoint we, we really recognize on Saturday day 
everyone's sitting around with not much to do, right? Everyone's getting ready for their big dinners and their, you know, these amazing nighttime events. And you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in town. Everyone's looking for something cool to do Saturday day. Um, and we recognize that as a big opportunity. And that really aligned with Rob's vision of what uh, he wanted to do. He said, I'm sick of partying at nighttime. I'm more of a daytime guy. I want to take my shirt off. I want to be at the pool, um, you know, having a good old time. And uh, that was really the ethos and the creation for Gronk Beach. And uh, now this will be the third year that we've done it. We had a one-year Super Bowl. And then this past April, we did it at the NFL Draft in Vegas. So excited for it to be returning for Super Bowl. Um, and hands down, it's it's going to be the biggest day event of the weekend. Um, it's nearly sold out, and we can feel the excitement, especially with Gronk uh, uh, returning to Arizona, where we all know he uh, he went to college and made a name for himself. That's right. Yeah, uh, that, yeah sorry. I was just going to add, yeah, that one is you know, really hot. We did it first year uh, in 2020 at Super Bowl. That event sold out 5,000 tickets in 10 minutes, almost crashed our website, and that's kind of how the, the brand was born. This year, um, almost sold out as well. A few last tickets left. Um, but it's also attracted some awesome media and celebrities, just totally organically, right? I think there's a, a great aura around that event. We've had Bill Belichick attend. Travis Kelsey and Gronk had a dance-off. Russell yeah. Westbrook was in the booth of the last one. Uh, Julian Edelman was riding Gronk's shoulders, and they were doing pull-ups on the uh, on the main stage. So it really kind of brings out that, that fun that the Gronk family energy is known for. I was just going to say the Gronk family. I mean, if you see the Gronk family there, and people who may not know, the father is the ringleader. I mean, that that family likes to have a good time. So if the Gronk family is there, <laughs> you know it's going to be a good time. Twenty One Savage, Little John, Diplo will be performing, and then it leads you into Super Bowl Saturday night, the night before the big event. Sports Illustrated, the party again. You know that is the signature brand here. Um, again, you know people know about that company. But uh, chain smokers, machine gun Kelly, talk about that party. Sure, yeah, it's really one of uh, the biggest lineups of Super Bowl weekend. Two arena size acts, and acts in a more intimate, um, you know, VIP festival experience. I'd say of all the events at Super Bowl, this one, Sports Illustrated, the party, you know, is a five year lineage and is really known as the most exclusive, most VIP event of the weekend. You know, compared to our other events, which you know have a lot of uh, Phoenix locals and a lot of uh, you know public facing media. Sports Illustrated, the party last year attracted Leonardo DiCaprio, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Shaq, Kevin Hart, Aaron Judge. And it's really become an event where the who's who and the, the A-list stars of the weekend could come and actually enjoy themselves and, you know, buy a table and, uh, and dance and have fun and not just be kind of hounded on the red carpet. But we're offering, you know, VIP experiences to that event in partnership with the Win Las Vegas. So that event will have tons of tables. You can also buy general admission tickets that include open bar throughout the night. Um, and certainly going to be uh, the Saturday night event of the weekend. And again, normally, maybe this is where you guys take a deep breath and call it a day and just relax for Super Bowl Sunday. Not the case this year. Guys, Flavortown tailgate will be happening, you know, right next to the stadium. Again, we're all familiar. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. 15 of those uh, places that guys been to will be featured. Talk about this event. Yeah, so Joe and I realized that we're getting a little too much sleep over the weekend. Really, uh, <laughs> you know, we said let's 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 uh, make sure we don't have a second for you know to breathe and let's let's go for the kill. So excited to be introducing our fourth event. Um, you know, we've worked with Guy Fieri in the past, amazing partner, and uh, this was something we've had in concept with him for a while. That COVID sort of derailed, um, and now so so excited to finally be launching it. But 
we recognized an opportunity before the game right outside the stadium um, to do something for the masses, right? Hundred, you know, almost 80,000 people going to the game, hundreds of thousands of people in the area um, looking for something fun to do before kickoff. And we said to ourselves, let's do something really unique and awesome. There's been a lot of these tailgates that are like $2,000 a person. They're really exclusive. A majority of them, you even need a game day ticket to get into. We said, let's, you know, let, let's do something for the people, guys, the man of the people. Um, and we just launched Guys Flavortown Tailgate, which is completely free for 10,000 people. Wow. It's directly across from the stadium. You cannot be closer. Um, it's maybe a three-minute walk from our venue to, to, to get into the game. Um, but it's completely free, 10,000 people, uh, over 15 diner and drive restaurants. We have Diplo doing an amazing country set. Low Cash is a huge country act. They'll be performing as well. Um, and then a lot of good old tailgate fun. Uh, but yeah, people can go to our website, guysflavortowntailgate.com and sign up for a free ticket. Nothing like that's ever been done uh, where we're hooking people up with completely free, a free, you know, festival. It's unheard of. Wow, you got me. You guys are really doing something for the people completely free because that, that transition is right into my next question. Again, the cheapest ticket right now, um, as we sit here today, to go to the game is five grand. You don't know how the game is going to turn out. You don't know if it's going to be a good team, good game. You don't know if your team will win or lose. With your parties, though, you know you're going to have a, a good time. We we just talked about it. All the parties, like, where can people get tickets? Oh, yeah, I think, you know, that's a great point, Arash, and there's something for everybody with our events, the Shaq Funhouse Sports Illustrated, Gronk, Guys, Flavortown, Tailgate, right? The city of Phoenix and even the traveling teams, not everybody can afford to go to the big game. Our events give everybody kind of a, you know, a slice of Super Bowl fever. Um, so each event, you know, just Google Shaq's Funhouse Sports Illustrated, Party, et cetera, but Shaq'sFunhouse.com, SideTheParty.com, GronkBeach.com, GuysFlavortownTailgate.com, um, and, you know, especially unique with Guys, Flavortown, Tailgate. Tickets are free for the first 10,000 people that sign up. Um, so get in there quickly, uh, grab your path, and uh, no better way to spend Super Bowl Sunday than with Guy Fieri, Diplo, Low Cash, and 20 Dine and Dive and Drive restaurants. Guys, I'm in Las Vegas this week for the Pro Bowl, and I know you have to get through this past this next week. Uh, can you even imagine what Las Vegas is going to be like for the Super Bowl next year? We think it's uh, going to be the best Super Bowl yet. They're, yeah. they're, you know, Oh, my God, the stadium on the Strip. Yeah. Um, obviously, all the fun and excitement of Vegas. We've actually been working on next year already for the past almost six months. Wow. Um, and already have a game plan for Vegas for these four events, and um, couldn't be more excited about that. But that's going to be the best Super Bowl ever. I, I really, yeah, I think you know that, that one especially should draw the kind of biggest uh, you know crowds from each uh, Super Bowl city. I think that's the really exciting part. You know, cities like Phoenix, Miami, LA, obviously they're desirable. Um, but when it comes to Las Vegas, we expect the the largest traveling contingent um, from each of the Hope Super Bowl teams. So great for the events, and we'll make for an incredible uh, Las Vegas trip experience. All right, Joe and Adam, you're not going to get any sleep. You guys did this to yourselves Friday, sleep Saturday. After the game. Sleep after the game. Uh, by the way, that guy's Flavor Town, folks. That, that that's free. Uh, that that is incredible. There is nothing free during Super Bowl week, so that is such a cool thing, guys. I appreciate it. I hope to see you next week, and uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks Rob. Appreciate all the events. Yeah, awesome. I hope you come out. Would love that. Thank Thanks, you so guys. much, guys. All right, that appreciate is amazing. It. Thanks so much. Thank you. Um, Thanks, there's Dan. nothing like Super Bowl week and those parties that they throw are the best. I mean, I, I got, oh, I was really lucky to go to a couple a year ago. Brandon Harbani Buckus, how thrilled are you? Super Bowl week. We are going to be there. 
is that a trick question for Brandon? Because I don't think Brandon is that thrilled right now, unfortunately, with his Niners. But listen, Brandon, you I, answer I, that. I, I get it. I get it. But it, it's more about the celebration. Listen, I'm, I, I grew up a Cowboys fan. I had no delusions of grandeur that my team was going to be in that game. Grant knew his Rams. Listen, he, I think that's why Grant loved it last year. He, you know, as much as the Rams wanted to run it back. You have to savor the moment. You never know yes. when your team's going to win it all. I mean, look at Brandon. Poor, poor Brandon's never been alive to see his <laughs> team win a Super Bowl. Grant seen it. It was just a year ago. Look at Grant. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I think that the Rams Super Bowl is the like most the thing I've held on to the most in in my opinion. I think that like. In, in all of the teams that I've been rooting for, I've been like, say, the Rams are still defending Super Bowl champions. I want to put that out That's there. Right. Nobody, uh, nobody's still, still I, I keep saying that to everybody. It was like, oh, come on. It's been 11 months or whatever. It's been I'm like, hey, I'm going to hang on to it because you never know when the last team, like the next time you're going to win a, a Super Bowl is. And you know, I don't know when the Rams are going to win a Super Bowl. They may not win one for the next 20 years. Who knows? So you got to cherish the small wins. I keep telling Brandon this. The Niners are a com competitive, contending team. Like, be happy about that. Be, like, excited about where your teams are as opposed to just the ultimate goal. Like, as a Clipper fan, you know, I hold on to the small wins now. We have a competitive team. We have a contending team. I love it. You, we could be the Pistons. We could be a team that's a lottery team, you know? I, I love championships. Obviously, I want a championship, but having a competitive playoff team to root for is awesome. I think it's really awesome. We got to take small wins here. That is true, but when you're so close to a ring every single year, it's like the, pers the perspective changes. I mean, this is a storied organization that should be in contention every single year. This isn't, you know, the Houston Texans. No offense, like they thought the the expectations are different. Like, I'm just letting you know right now, faithful is not happening with this team. They really thought this team would win the Super Bowl again. Probably unfair. Never going to know what would have happened that game. The quarterback had stayed healthy, Purdy had stayed healthy. Would it have been the same result? Maybe, but you never know. Either way, they had in the next year another quarterback injury yet again. Trey Lance, what are they going to do? Brady's retired. Do they re sign Jimmy Garoppolo? Do they trade for Aaron? Either way, they have a great roster. But Grant, I'm excited for uh, for the Clippers and Lakers through this this home stretch. I really am. This this last, what is it, 30? How many games? 30. 30. 30? I think both teams could go 20 and 10. I'm not even going to lie. I really do. Uh, the West is, I'm telling you right now, the Jazz are going to start tanking at some point. I really do. I know everyone disagrees with me on that. I just think they're, they, come on, they're not going anywhere anyways, right? Trailblazers tanking. I mean, the Timberwolves have a lot of flaws, although they're playing good basketball because of Edwards. I mean, these are two teams, by the way, most unexpected year, Grant. This NBA feels like last year's, uh, Playoffs for the NFL. Unexpected teams in the NFC Championship, right? Like the five and four seed or whatever. Or six and four seed with the Niners and Rams last year. I feel like that could be... I'm, I'm not trying to put anything out there, but a Warriors or a Clippers or a Lakers. Hey, Brandon, right? real the quick. Real quick, yeah. I'll jump in because um, we're having some technical issues. You're fine. I do want to get Grant's uh, thoughts here. Yeah, you just heard the question. I mean, I mean, it's totally wide open. Yeah, look, I, I've been saying this to you guys for a while now that all the Lakers need is like one or like we've been saying this well one or one piece away, one piece away. But if you just watch their games, how much more competitive they are than last year, how much like they're they could be down by 15, 20 and get back in a game. 
they're hanging with every good contending team that they play. And people didn't really think that they could do that coming into the year. I mean, I, I really thought they'd be a top seven seed. They still could be, and they still could be a contender. All you need is one or two more pieces, not even huge pieces, just pieces, and you could be fine. Figuring out the rotations, no more three-guard lineups for Darvin Ham. He's still got to figure that out. Um, and in terms of the Lakers, they are right there with everyone else. People think that they're written off. They're five games under five, four games under 500. That's off. No, they're still right in the thick of it. Just like the Clippers, the Clippers could lose two or three in a row and be right where the Lakers are. They could be right where the Timberwolves are, right where the Jazz are. It's that slim of a margin for both of these teams. Like you said, I could easily see both teams going 20 and 10, but I could easily see both teams going 500 the rest of the way. But the upside for both teams is still there. They're both still contending teams, in my opinion. Just because of the, the height of the level that LeBron and AD are playing at, you can put regular average shooters around him like they have been and add maybe one good, good shooter, and you'll be fine. I just think that that's what it comes down to. Grant, you know, my, my biggest concern about the Clippers was, was Kawhi going to be his old self? And I think, like, you know... If I viewed them as a championship team, Kawhi had a pickup where he left off. He really has this stretch of games that he's that he's played. Uh, you know, listen, the, the biggest thing now is can he stay on the court consistently? But we've seen at the very least, Grant, our last two minutes or so with you, he's back. At the very least, Kawhi is back to being Kawhi. Yeah, the, these last nine games, I believe, or, or ten, nine or ten games, he's averaging twenty nine points a game. He's averaging. Seven rebounds, I believe, five assists. Um, his athleticism has returned. He's dunking on a normal basis. Um, his his burst is there. That was a concern early in the year, but now it just seems like he's really right back to where he was in 2021. Maybe there's not as much lift on those legs, um, but his three-point shot has come back. Um, his athleticism is still there. And it seems like maybe his playmaking has gotten a little better over this time because you know, a couple of years ago, he wasn't that great of a passer. He wasn't that great of a playmaker. Now he's making assists off the double team. Um, you know, he's making plays off the pick and roll. He just looks like a more complete player now, which is a very scary thing if he stays healthy. They don't have any more back-to-backs until uh, March. So Paul George and Kawhi, barring injury, will be playing in every game from here until March. And that's a really good sign for the Clippers. They're, they're 6-0 and in the last six games. They, they both played both play together. And they're just firing all cylinders in terms of offense. And defensively, Kawhi had five steals, two blocks yesterday. He's still that defender, that, that two-way star that everyone thought he was two years ago. He's back to it, like one year off of ACL surgery. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, this team has the like those Boston Celtics vibes of a year ago, where you know you look you're looking at halfway through the season, you know, a 500 teams. This is different, though. I think the light was always at the, the end of the tunnel with this team, that if they could get right, if Kawhi's back and healthy, if Paul George is back and healthy, if these guys can play together, this is a team that no one wants to play. The West is completely wide open. Um, but, I, again, that being said, as crazy as this season has been, would not be shocked if we get to the end and it's the Clippers facing the Warriors in the conference finals, and we'll see how that all plays out. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. West side, west side.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on a blind to a broken... Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.